What? It's 11 11. Oh, shit. welcome to the Cabin Fever podcast, the world's number one audio experience. Today we're coming to you uh, from a catamaran bobbing just off the coast of a little island in Croatia. And I can just feel the waves splashing. Oh, there's a little splash. Some little fish flitting about, not touching us. Not touching us. No, that no. would be disgusting. The sun is beautiful. The air is beautiful. Ooh. Did you hear that? I popped the champers, Maddie. Ooh, let's get fucked would up. Would you? <laughs> Cheers to us and to success. Bling. Anyway, now that you know where we're coming to you from, let's get on with the episode. Hmm. Cheers again, Maddie. Ding! <laughs> As you can tell, we are very much in the right mood to be recording this today. We're here. <laughs> We're jazzed. You know what? Let's just dive right into it. Okay. Well, I'd like to, to kick us off this week. Oh, kick, kick, kick away. <laughs> I did play soccer as you. That was pretty good. Uh, was I? I have no idea. I wasn't there. <laughs> You're not my real mom. Sometimes I forget. Anyway, yeah. big thank you to you guys. We were shitting bricks last week. Primarily me. And it's gone, gone down a treat. I know. And you know who else I want to say thank you to? Our Lord and Savior. Always. But also... I didn't know who's name to put in there because I was just thinking Jedward verse two. I went Gandhi. <laughs> Side note, guys. Did you know that Gandhi was not around in the 80s? Because I did ask so that Gandhi was like on the same timeline as Mandela, but apparently not. Nah. Anyway, a thank you to us for creating such great content. That's right. <laughs> we have both listened to our own podcast so, so many times. <laughs> the really surprising thing to come from this is that we've invented fame. I cannot believe it, but with just one week, we have outranked everyone for SEO and, in my opinion, invented fame. Not just the other podcasts called Cabin Fever, but everyone every in other every podcast. genre of entertainment. Yep. The arts, education, motor vehicles. <laughs> it's just fun knowing that there are people out there as batshit as us. On a completely unrelated note, there's been a little spike in traffic to my 2014 YouTube videos. <laughs> Can't imagine that. why. Let's move on. We've thanked the beautiful people. We have thanked the people. We've thanked our Lord and Savior Gandhi. <laughs> and we've thanked ourselves. Can we, should we research what Gandhi actually did? I know he's a pretty chill guy, but what if it ends up that he's one of those people that like people think he's great, but he did like a genocide or something? <laughs> we don't discriminate here at the Cabin yeah. Podcast except against multiples and Steve's. Anyway, Maddie. What's your win in wine for the week? Oh my god. My win for the week. I have so many to choose from. Oh my god. I've had an amazing week. Some people may say all I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> my biggest win for the week, obviously, mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah. Duh. However, I did also write like two new songs this week. So, are you trying to swallow your coffee without making a noise? Yep. You did not succeed. You wrote a song. I wrote two new songs, thank two you. Two new songs. And I'm going to do a belly performance to one of them. And what's your wine? What's my wine this week, Fiona? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Let's see. She just swiveled in her seat. My wine for this week mm -hmm. is a very specific category of TikToks where teenage <laughs> boys with all the same haircut mm -hmm. do a point of view of you spilling a drink on them so you can clean it up. Fiona forced me <laughs> to watch, like, I'd estimate at least seven or eight of these. Oh, it was not that many. Yes, it was. It might have been. Yes, it was. <laughs> Riley can confirm. I was in here shouting, please stop. Please stop. I don't want to watch these. And she just kept showing me more I think teenage boys one of biting their lips and saying, I kind of like it, though. <laughs> I didn't like it. Anyway, my win and wine. My win and wine are both the same thing. 
and it is that I did not get a message from any of my exes saying they listened to the podcast. Interesting. It's a win because I'd be stressed if they did. Yeah. But then it's a one because, wait, are you really? None of you listen? Yeah. <laughs> I will say that recording mm-hmm. that episode last week and diving through all of my personal archives with digital and physical. We mm-hmm. both did a big clear out of our scrapbook materials. Just like a shit ton of receipts and tickets that we've kept for the last yeah. decade or so. Um, like normal, happy, healthy people who can let go of the past. It was very cathartic. I finished my diary, the whole Damn. book, and started a new one. That's so good. we're moving on up, we're moving on out. And if you're an ex of mine that thought I was obsessed with you last episode, I'm not anymore. So <laughs> shall we just dive in? to the topic of this week's podcast and also the most requested topic by far everyone just wanted to know how we scheme what we do for scheming and we're going to do a lot of episodes on this because there's a lot to break down Mm -hmm. but we thought we'd kick it off with just a scheming overview podcast scheming to me simply (laughs) put (laughs) is everything my life is but a series of schemes Mm -hmm. some successful some questionable Mm mm-hmm Never failures, just lessons. (laughs) And it's like our first thought process to go to to tackle an issue that we have in our lives. Everything is a scheme. Mm -hmm. First of all, the difference between scheming and planning. Mm -hmm. They are sisters, but not twins. Anyone can plan, but it takes... But it takes a special, beautiful, intelligent, intuitive, humble gals to do scheming. (laughs) Some would say like the brains of Sherlock, but the beauty and body of Alicia Priyanka Chopra. Oh, (laughs) I mean we're both right. (laughs) Yeah, we both look exactly like Priyanka Alicia Keys and Priyanka Chopra. If last week we were not cabin fever enough, this week we are way over the deep. Okay, scheming and planning. Scheming I did take my brain drugs today, but I took a real low dose. Yeah. Anyone can plan. Yeah. Not everyone can scheme. Not everyone has it in them. Mm-hmm. It's an instinct. It can be learned. I feel like we sound like an MLM. I don't give a shit. What are we selling here? Enlightenment? Okay. Planning is a part of scheming. Pretty much always. Mm-hmm. Scheming is not always a part of planning. Mm-hmm. You can do some normal planning. For instance, a soiree you could plan. You're just going to list things that they can plan. You could plan to pick up a microwave on the weekend. You could plan a game of bocce with the ghouls. <laughs> you could plan girl's trip to the coast. You can plan... The layout of your kitchen. But you know what you can't plan, Maddie? How to manipulate an entire relationship into happening. That's right. You can scheme it, though. You can scheme it. There we go. You're welcome. Led you right out of that one. (laughs) I mean, I think I hit the nail on the head with soiree, but that's fine. (laughs) I've written a couple of notes. How are they going? Sparse. What I've written here is the key, Mm -hmm. with a capital K, is an instinct for psychology. Planning, you can do. You don't really need to think about other people unless you're saying, like, where are they going to sit? Unless That's my soiree. soiree. Yes. But with scheming, mm-hmm. you really need to be able to put yourself in the minds of other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's even tricky if, for Even some. if it's the mind of yourself sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. A big part of this that we will discuss is knowing how your own mind works mm-hmm. and how to use that to your advantage. Yes. But you also need to have that, you know, that little dose of madness. A little fire in your bell bell. I think it's a scheme when you've gone a bit too far. Yeah. When someone is like, 
wait, what? When you describe your plan to them, it was probably a scheme. Yes. If you could think about explaining it to one of your normal friends and have them be like, you're insane. But then think about explaining it to someone who is absolutely delusionally tired and they'd be like, that's genius. Yes. It's probably a scheme. Yeah. Yeah. If it makes you feel like you should be sitting in a a dark room with some candles playing lightning by Little Mix. Probably wearing a robe made out of velvet. Or just some tracksuit pants. (laughs) <laughs> Two vibes. You've probably got Velvet a scheme. Velvet tracksuit pants. The spectrum of scheming is broad. Mm-hmm. Endless, some might say. Yep. On one end, you have really quite normal shit. Yeah. Scheming just like in terms of productivity. Yeah. And your day-to-day routine. Or even things similar to like the way that we devise a 10-year plan. Someone who's more sane could do that same method. Yeah. It would come under the umbrella of like personal development. Yeah. Then you've got the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is like straight up witchcraft. Yep. That's it. (laughs) We have devised a few different areas in which we scheme most often. All right, Maddie, what's your your main tip, trick or tactic Mm -hmm. for productivity and routine? Okay. One Um, that we'll share with the people. Well, duh. I'm not going to be like, this is a secret. <laughs> I was going to tell you about this one, but I can't actually tell you. <laughs> if I were going to censor myself, I would have done it all last week. So productivity and routine are interesting for both of us because, as we have briefly mentioned, we both have ADHD. Surprise! For the first <laughs> 27 years of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> undiagnosed, untreated. Yeah. So... When you have undiagnosed, untreated ADHD, boy, do you get creative with how to keep yourself on track. The key in every area, but especially in terms of motivating yourself to be productive, is figuring out how your own brain works and what motivates you. I will just say, I view this as one of the most illogical things I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Others may not agree. I present to you the Sims chart. I have done an entire blog post on The Sims chart, which I will link somewhere. So one day I was sitting around and thinking it's really hard for me to balance all the different areas of my life Mm -hmm. because I find it impossible to just choose one thing and go after it. I have like six different things at all times. And I was realizing that I was never distributing my effort equally. So then I thought, how do I visualize (laughs) my achievements? And I realized it's like The Sims. In the old versions of The Sims, you would have your bars that showed like your health, your energy, your hunger, your cleanliness, your social. And if you were doing really well in these, all 10 bars would be lit up, they'd be green. If you were doing poorly, it'd be like one bar, two bars, and it'd be red. Yeah. I thought, how can I take that and turn it into a chart? (laughs) I mapped out every prominent area of my life and this changes a lot. But for instance, it would be like routine, health, business, writing, music, whatever. Yeah. And then for each of those main topics, I have a separate set of 10 bars. The aim is that at the end of the week or the end of the fortnight, if I've done everything I should be doing in those areas of my life, all 10 bars will be full. It's very rare that all 10 bars of like (laughs) every category are full. Yeah. But it's helpful because I can then look at the chart and see immediately where I'm doing everything I need to do and where I need to put more effort. How it works (laughs) is that within every category, there are several criteria. Each criterion will earn you a certain amount of points. So for example, I'll just pull up my Sims chart now. One of the more simple areas would be writing is one of mine. And within writing, I have, uh, if I write a song, I get one point. If I write a blog post, I get two points. 
If I write in my journal three times, I get two points. If I write a thousand words of my novel, I get one point. Yeah. And so I've distributed the points in a way that I can achieve that 10 within a week. Yeah. But I'm doing a solid amount. The point is, read my blog post because it actually explains <laughs> this. But it's just a chart that works for me, works for the way I process things. And it helps to keep me on track for every area of my life at once. Yeah, and this works for scheming because one, I think it's, it's a unique idea, which a lot of schemes need. They have to involve a unique idea. And also, it's just a little bit batshit. Yeah, the first <laughs> time that I came up with this, I explained it to you in the apartment. You were like, yeah. that's batshit nuts. Yeah. It is a bit, but in my mind, I'm like, this is the most logical It makes system. a lot of sense as well. And it works really well. I've been using yeah. this for like four years yeah. now. And it's great. It's over to Fiona. What's your first one? Okay. Well, my first one is when I become an entire new person. Don't we love that? We do love that. <laughs> so this is a method that I've been using since around 2009. Mm -hmm. And each time, I think, I honestly don't even know what version I'm up to. I think I'm on Fiona 8.0. How you become an entirely new person. Why I do it is because when you have habits or a routine or a lifestyle that you want to change, it's really hard to form. <laughs> this is where it comes into the psychology of knowing how your brain works yeah. and then tricking yourself. So, for example, biting your nails. It, if you're in the habit of biting your nails, it's really hard to stop biting your nails. Mm -hmm. But what if you just woke up one day as a person who doesn't bite their nails? That's right. You don't need to form the habit of not biting your nails no, because you're a person who doesn't do that. You're a that. person who doesn't do that. So what I do <laughs> is make a clean break from yourself. Yes. And I will map out exactly who I want the next version of myself to be. Um, I'll take inspiration from different people. I'll be like, okay, personality wise, we want to do this career. We're doing this. Yeah, like how you stole your whole personality from me in 2014. Did I? Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I just form who the new version of myself is. You know, what she wears, what she looks like, what she does with her day. What her routine is. Yeah, what her daily routine is like. And then I plan out, I get a few like totems, if you will, mm -hmm. to mark the change. Like it might be a notebook. It might be a new glass that I know I'm going to drink my coffee from. I get one to three items that are physical items that really root that version of me down. I set a date. And once everything is fully planned, I wake up that day just as the new person. Reborn. And it works terrifyingly well. It does. I've done this as well. You need to be a certain kind of person. But if you're listening to this, you probably are you're in person. with a chance. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people will say, Ugh, don't buy that thing. It's not going to change your life. For us, buying that thing quite often does change <laughs> our lives. For instance, I got a new planner. Since I got that new planner, my life has taken off. Yeah. Did I also get prescribed brain drugs? Yeah, but, <laughs> you know. Hard to say, which chicken egg, yeah, chicken egg. Exactly. Or for Fiona, it could be getting a new mug that doesn't suit the old Fiona, but mm -hmm. very much suits Fiona 9.0. Yeah. And not using that mug, not even touching that I mug. I don't even think about it. Until the day the new version is born. Yeah, and then you wake up and you use that new coffee mug and it's fantastic. Even like little ways of doing that, like in our apartment, because I am working from home as many of us are due to these, the these trying times. Um, I have mugs that I use on days that I'm working and mugs that I use on days that I'm not because I need coffee every day to function as a human, but I just trick my dumb little mind. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that is my main routine one. It's a big boy, um, but 
It works really well. Let's backtrack a little bit. Huh. Let's walk the people through. You're sitting down to plan the transition from Fiona, mm-hmm. let's say, who knows? 4.0 to 5.0. 5.0 whatever. What numbers. materials do you have with you? I will have so many notebooks, mm-hmm. so many pens and highlighters yep. to map out the different areas. I will often also have, um, there'll be a playlist and the playlist will be formed as I'm scheming because sometimes there'll be a musical element to it. Mm-hmm. And the music doesn't have to be like, oh, new songs that are the new me. Maybe there's elements of Fiona in 2011 that I want to bring forward. Yes. And so having songs that are reminders of different things are really helpful. And also, sometimes I'll do a vision board with it. It just depends on the new Fiona. Yeah, the vision board vibe is, is separate to everything else. Truly. The point of scheming mm-hmm. overall is to make things easier so you scheme to either get something done faster and say easier sometimes if we're scheming a whole fucking relationship for what three plus years for you how much easier is that i've moved on <laughs> okay we've all moved on we're gonna pass the bechdel test this episode oh you'll have to see it i hate to do it though <laughs> sometimes doing things properly takes longer or it just sucks <laughs> Ain't that the truth, sis? Yeah. So scheming <laughs> is just thinking creatively to achieve a specific goal. Mm-hmm. So the next topic is going to be general life planning. And I'm going to kick it off with my five-year check, which includes a vibe check, mm-hmm. uh, which is very necessary. Similar to a five-year plan, but Fiona's gone off-piste a little bit. <laughs> it came to mind when I was uh, on an island in Cambodia. Did you know I travel? Yeah, you're on an island in Cambodia and I sent you some messages about how I was making a five-year plan. Probably. Um, <laughs> I was like, what are the important areas of my life that I need to focus on? And I came up with career, health, personal, financial, and vibe. And so vibe was the one that I opened all of my years with. I wrote out like year one, two, three, four, five, put the little year next to it. And vibe is very important to us. As mentioned oh before, my God, yes. we are very visual. So one of the things we do is whenever we get a new planner, we will print out cover pages for each month mm-hmm. with the right vibe. Sometimes yeah, it doesn't find necessarily right, yeah. correspond. Like some of mine are just like a boat or like But so, you know that rain. that is April. And like it's the right vibe for April. It's like how I had Shia LaBeouf for April. Yeah, was that was blessing. really appropriate at the time. And then I met Riley in April. So summoned her undeniable just saying he brought me good things the vibes are more reliable than almost any person yes i have my moon cult journal in front of me now which is where i do all things this is my main scheming journal Mm -hmm. this year (laughs) the vibe this is pre-corona was adventure base experience next year's one is great it's fresh start drinks on balcony entrepreneur Mm -hmm. (laughs) just gonna use that word (laughs) And drinks on balcony may not seem like a really concrete life plan, but the image Fiona has in her head Mm -hmm. of having the drinks on this balcony, the way that she is in her normal life to be able to take the time off to have those drinks on that balcony, to have that balcony. To have the friends to have around. It's an all-encompassing vibe that guides her in the right direction. Exactly. The way that this all comes together is really nice. Like, for example, when I was writing this out, I might say, you know what? In three years, this is what I want my career to look like. Or in five years, this is what I want it to look like. So you don't need to fill it out 
year by year, you can literally be like, year five, this is what it looks like, and then fill in the blanks in between. Yeah. The point of this is not to plan out in detail something you're going to 100% stick to. Yeah. But just figure out how you will get to the point that you ultimately want to be at. So if career, health, health isn't some sort of like, I'm going to go on a massive health kick and like drink a million smoothies. It's just figuring out what is healthy and makes me feel good. By 2022, I would love to be in a position where I can have a personal trainer and that lines up with my career and my financial goals as well. And then personal is just something I want to achieve that year that is personal, whether it's get married <laughs> to my fiance, do more creative projects, get pets, what I envision for that year on a personal level and then also financial. So seeing how my business grows and then figuring out what financial investments are like, buying a house which i really want to do but i'm a millennial so it takes a or, lot of planning and mine it helped a lot in my five-year plan just to figure out the reasonable timeline for my different goals instead of just picking a random year like i'll move back to london in 2022 yeah like instead of just picking a random year i lay everything out and say okay where does it actually make sense for me to do this at some point i'm gonna need to get knocked up where do I want to be in my career before I get knocked up? Where do I want to be living before exactly. I get knocked up? How young do I need to be so that I can get knocked up two times and not be like 40 years old? <laughs> it's a lot of planning around the fetuses, I will not lie. Yeah, thank God I don't need to think about that. I mean, it'll be a whole new brand for me when I do get knocked up. True. So I'm pretty amped about that. And it's also going to be... Like, I was going to, not, not, not a lot of work for me, but it will be an impact on my life when all my friends have babies as well. I mean, you probably won't even be there because according to my five-year plan, we will be living in London when I'm knocked up. Yeah, and I will be visiting in London. In five years, I'm spending a month in London each year. That's true. Yeah. You can't keep your kids away from me, Maddie. <laughs> uh, Especially because all I want to do is be that cool aunt who, like, comes in and gives them, like, a design. I want to give them, like a, like, a Prada wallet when they're 10. Because I had one bougie family friend who gave me a Prada wallet when I was 10 and I had no idea how much a Prada wallet cost, but I was like, this is good. This is a sign of a cool adult. I've got to be that person, Maddie. Yeah, give me a Prada wallet. I'll give you when you turn 10. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're being way too normal so far. My first one for general life is just setting incredibly clear, well-structured goals, but that would absolutely freaking blow to explain right now. So instead, my method of scheming my general life is the moon cult the moon cult is a beautiful beautiful creation of ours i'm mm, sorry we're looking at a phone during podcast time mm, airplane yeah. mode thank you sorry the moon cult is the cult that we started yeah we co-founded a cult in 2014 mm -hmm. it's wildly popular i've indoctrinated people every single place i've worked yeah everywhere that we work or meet new people anyone who watches our videos yeah anyone who knows us in real life there are some great photos of me talking about the moon cult to some of our friends at a pub a few that years is a ago <laughs> it's a great series anyway moon cult is gonna take God, its own Several series episodes. of videos. <laughs> its own podcast. <laughs> but in, it encompasses things like uh, the moon cycle, retrogrades, tarot cards, vision boards, law of attraction, like positive visualization. Yeah. Anything that you're like, that's a little bit crazy, that's the moon cult. Yeah. We're all about it. We use the moon cult for everything. Yeah. Also, to be clear, the way that it ties in with our more normal ones is when I made my five year plan, I knew that it was going to be a full moon that night and I felt so gosh dang powerful. And I mapped out my next five years of my life mm -hmm. really clearly and in a very attainable way. And they were actually like really exciting. I came up with my new set of like 
big goals for the mid the midterm future. Yes. On the most recent full moon. Yeah. Now, people who know a bit about the moon might be saying, hmm, why are you making these new plans on the full moon, not the new moon, sweetie pie? Well, because that's when we feel most powerful. It brings the power with it. it and really if does. it was if it was plans that I wanted to enact in the near future, exactly. absolutely 100% new, new moon. moon. But when it's big picture stuff, you harness that full moon. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time we don't even realize it. The amount of things in our life, specific <laughs> events insane. that have lined up with full moons or new moons in exactly the way they should is bonkers to the point that the fact Will refuses to believe is so, so much more telling than if he did. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to go into great detail on the moon cult because it, it will be its own series. <laughs> but the way that I generally use the moon cult mm-hmm. in my life is... I keep track of all the retrogrades. Right now, we've got Pluto retrograde. And then this coming week, by the time you're listening to this, I think Saturn will have gone. Basically, retrograde season is upon us, uh, young ones. And (laughs) each retrograde means something different. It's like a lesson or a vibe or things you should focus on, things you should not put your energy towards. And I use that to advise how I conduct myself. Yeah, and just what areas of your life that you're going to focus on, things that you maybe want to keep in check more than you usually would. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite ones are when they're like, you need to address your shadow self and get rid of like emotional baggage or things that are no longer serving you. So we do an entire podcast episode about our exes. That's right. Bye boys. <laughs> Tarot cards we used to advise us in a lot of different areas. Vision boards, huge one. Love. There are many different kinds of vision boards. We have never really made the traditional ones together. True. A traditional yeah. vision board is pretty much literal pictures of the things you want to achieve. Pictures yeah. or quotes or whatever that are a visual representation of your goals directly. Yeah. We make inspiration boards. It'd be more vibe, I would say. A vibe Than board. the exact items. Yeah. Like if one of mine, I have um, a set of three vision boards that I did recently in my moon cult journal. Yeah. And one of them was just about like lifestyle that I want. And I'm not saying that I want that exact kettle or that exact kitchen that I put in there, but it's just like the vibe that that kitchen gives off. Would love to have it. And I make them so that every single picture on that board reminds me of something specific or motivates me to do something. Yeah. So it could be a picture of some wine glasses, but for whatever reason, looking at those wine glasses makes me want to clean my apartment. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a photo of an overnight bag and a passport. And that makes me think I want to have a lifestyle where I can travel whenever I want to. So it makes me want to work. Yeah. It's just about identifying how your brain works, what motivates you as an individual person, then figuring out ways to harness that. And a great way to harness that is through a vision board. Yeah. Just a visual reminder of everything that, that you're working towards and that you want your life to be. Yeah. And it needs to make you feel something. If a oh, photo yeah. looks like it should be on my vision board, but I don't feel anything, it is not going on. If a photo used to make me feel something, it doesn't anymore. <laughs> Shout out to my ex. Uh, <laughs> then it's coming off. And the final one, the law of attraction and positive visualization. Yeah. God, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into it. We it's can't go into we can't, it. We can't. But we'll do it another time. Just do a little Google. And look forward to a future episode where we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into, I think, relationships. Because I've just got a quick tip. It's a step within a scheme to get someone to want to marry me. Mm -hmm. That is the power of smell. This is basically where I've used various scents, very, I would say, almost all the time, perfume, to manipulate people into realizing that they love me. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? <laughs> I bet everyone's like, no, we haven't yeah. all. When I used to go on a lot of dates, 
I would have different ones. If I was just like, oh, I'm just here to like just to chat, that's a, a fragrance on its own. If it's like, oh, I just want to make out, that's a fragrance. If it's, I think I want you to fall in love with me, that's its own fragrance. Just FYI, one time on an episode of the Tyra Banks show, I heard that boys subconsciously are attracted to vanilla. That's my falling in love one. That's mine too. <laughs> so if we're ever wearing vanilla around you, at this point it probably means nothing. But a few years ago, boy, it, did you mm, miss the boat on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of, yeah, psychology around smell. Mm -hmm. So I would always use that to kind of give off the vibe that I wanted to give off. And then there's also the power of reusing a scent. That's what I was so going to say, yes. one of them is, one simple trick is just the perfume on their pillow. If I have left, <laughs> are you doing that because you've done that or because you think I've I'm crazy? I've done literally all this shit. Okay, good. Do you think I'm in a position to say you're crazy for anything you're going to say today? <laughs> um, one of my personal favorites is just... When I leave someone's place, I would just spray a bit of my perfume on their pillow and on their sheets. And so the next time that they go to bed, they're thinking of me. They don't know why. Because you might not be able to pinpoint exactly. You're like, does it smell like her? Like you can't quite pinpoint a smell as easily as you would if I like left something at the house. Yeah. I like to think they're lying there thinking of me. And even if me. they do know that it smells like you, they can't control yeah, I'm How sorry. That? Yeah, and like, mm. is it my fault that like my beautiful vanilla scent is just everywhere? <laughs> and you can be really tactical too. So, for instance, let's let's say oh, in a, in a jumper you borrow, fantastic. You oh, spray yeah. it, yeah, around the yeah. neckline. Or if you send them a care package, first of all, don't do it. But <laughs> if you did, you spritz it in there. Yep. Or on a letter, mm -hmm. scent stays on paper really well. It does. You scratch and sniff. It can backfire on you. For instance, one time someone walked past me that clearly used like the same fabric softener as one of my exes. And I was like, mm. ah. if you're going to meet up with someone that you have a history with, and it's a really complicated history, mm -hmm. think back. Did you wear different scents during that time? Because one scent might bring back terrible, terrible memories. Mm -hmm. Another scent, maybe you wore near the start where it's a positive association. Or if you want to break from it entirely, whole new scent, brand new scent. Yeah, you can be re you can do some really clever shit. Yeah, there. I remember when we were moving back to London in 2016. One of the most difficult decisions I made before going to our homecoming was what perfume I was going to wear because I was like, do I wear the perfume that I used to wear, like my old everyday one, for everyone to be like, oh, Fiona's back? Do I wear one that I wanted someone who was attending to fall in love with me with? Or do I wear my new everyday perfume? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of decisions. I went for the old favorite and then literally it was so sweet because everyone who hugged me was like, oh my God, like you smell the exact same. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, it's so sweet. Yeah. And I was glad I made that choice. But yeah, it just plays a really strong role. Yeah, scent is the most underrated and I think the most powerful because it's the one that they're mm -hmm. least likely to pick up on. Oh, yeah. And they have no control over. Unless they have no sense of smell like Perry from Little Mix. Yes. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's like they can't look away. No. Yeah. No, you can't look away with your nostrils, fool. <laughs> One time, I realized that the scent of rooibos tea mm -hmm. smelled exactly like one of my ex's houses. Yeah. I would never realize that. But then as soon as I smelled it, it was like being slammed back there. Yeah. 
that's how powerful this shit is. Mm -hmm. So if I realized that about myself, I'd be like, wow, I could use this to my advantage. <laughs> if you're having a guy over to your place, a really great tactic to trick him into thinking that you're like a perfect wifey material is bake cookies beforehand. They don't have to be from scratch. Buy some cookie dough. Honestly, dough, just shove burn them in a candle oven. that smells like... No, it doesn't work the same. It doesn't work the same. Fair. You get some cookie dough, you shove it in the oven before he gets there. You got a tasty treat and also that smell gonna stick <laughs> and what's your tip for a tip a trick a tactic a in relationships okay. just pick one i think Fiona. this is a no this is a scheming overview we can do a more in-depth one on relationships and scheming later i have more to say about scheming in relationships <sighs> than anyone on this goddamn planet i believe anyone that. i believe you maddie i am currently in the midst of writing an entire novel about a girl scheming to get her ex-boyfriend back. In order to write the snippets from this book where the character comes up with her grand scheme to get her ex back, I had to actually come up with that plan. Wish it had been harder, but it wasn't. It was very easy. <laughs> Your greatest weapon in life is social media and the internet. True. Because we now have the ability to curate a really detailed, but very carefully planned projection of ourselves and we also have access to infinite resources so it's different if you are looking to get back with someone or get with someone for the first time if you're yeah. looking to get back with someone you have tools like using the sensory memory or really really basic stuff like the no contact rule yeah no contact rule is just after you break up you don't talk to them for 30 days under any circumstances yeah. and also you have a history that you can pull from like you can post a photo of just like a fun landscape with a cute little caption but they know that's a landscape that you guys visited together did you steal that from my character and it's just a thought and also we just we literally just did we just did Instagram. it yeah <laughs> but if it's someone that you haven't been with before then you, I would say you even have more opportunities because this person doesn't know Just how fucking unique, nuts you are yet. True. It's unique opportunities, unique situations. Mm -hmm. I have written a lot of content about this. But the thing is, Maddie, we're on a podcast right now. Oh, if you're trying to sass me just because you're feeling tired and you're turning into a big old Jesus. Did I interrupt your five <sighs> hour long rant about Fiona 9.7? I don't think so. So let me have my fucking moment. I am. Continue, Maddie. Thank you. Over the years, I've produced a lot of content about scheming in relation to relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I have. You agree? I agree. Am I allowed to proceed and tell the people oh about it? Oh, my God. Yeah. So <laughs> on my blog, you've got a whole bunch about breakups. Mm -hmm. On my YouTube channel, you've got some things about breakups, in particular using social media after a breakup, and how to trick people into thinking you're in a relationship without actually lying. Have I written this down anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> What's the situation? I've met this guy. Do we have mutual friends? You've met this guy. You have a few mutual friends, but, but we're not, not that many. You're not close at all. Mm -hmm. But you know that there's a little, there's been a little spark. So what I'm going to try and do yeah. is create an outward projection mm -hmm. that makes me seem like I have a lot of shit of my own going on, mm -hmm. but we're also very compatible and I'm super hot. Yes. That's the perfect <laughs> trifecta there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't want to pretend you like Rink and Morpy just because the fucking guy dies. Yeah. It's just highlighting a few things that you have in common more than you would have typically highlighted that interest of yours were it not because you were trying to get the guy hmm. or girl or non-binary person. I, I think talk about the using social media to act like you're in a relationship when you're not. Hmm. 
Because that's a good batshit insane one. It is a good batshit insane one. I don't know that it's a really good idea if you're trying to get someone to love you back. Mm-hmm. But if you, for whatever reason, have decided that someone needs to think they have serious competition. Yeah. When they don't. So when I was having a really complex relationship with somebody and I needed to really drive home that, girl, I've got other things going on. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing other people. So <laughs> I went out for one drink with some colleagues of mine. But at that one bar, I took a shit ton of boomerangs of photos of short clips. <laughs> I was only there for one drink, max an hour. But I paced that content out all night to make it look like I was having the night of my gosh dang life on a date. Oh yeah. Because she didn't know any, she didn't know that I was only like with a bunch of work colleagues. Mm-hmm. I just did a boomerang saying like Friday night with two drinks on the table mm-hmm. and it looks like I'm out on a date. That's the balance you need to strike. You need to go as far as you possibly can without getting caught. Yes. That's the key. So if you want to convince someone they have competition, do exactly what Fiona just said. Mm-hmm. You gather as much content as you can from your actual life. Yeah. But the way you portray it, maybe I went to see the new Annie movie with my flatmate. But I tell her not to tweet about the fact we went. Then I just post myself at the movies with two popcorns and two drinks. Mm-hmm. It actually Who's was there with me. It was the imitation game, actually, oh, okay. that we did that for. Examine what's going on in your real life. Then look at it from a different perspective and think, how can I construct a completely new reality out of these facts? Yeah. If someone does find out you are not dating someone that content still needs to make sense. Yeah, like if it had been hashtag revealed that I was just out for drinks with my workmates, I haven't lied. I haven't done anything crazy, guys. No, you just posted things on different days because you were busy and you forgot yeah, to post them all Yeah, I just once. forgot to post them all once. What's the problem? Or if it's revealed <laughs> that I was dating absolutely no one. And you're just going for <laughs> to go to see the imitation game with your housemate. No one's saying that Matt, Maddie was never saying she was dating someone. No. It was simply that I forgot to post about the movie I saw. Or if my dad and my stepmom sent me some flowers and I were to post <laughs> photos of those flowers with a really vague caption, like, such a nice surprise. I'm not being funny. I brought myself flowers at the start of Riley and I's relationship. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we mean. Go as far as you possibly can mm-hmm. without it being directly incriminating. The best early example of this is Cher in Clueless when she buys herself flowers and chocolates in class mm-hmm. and has them delivered and then the guy that she's into, I mean, he turns out to be gay, but sorry guys, spoiler for <laughs> 90s film there. But, you know, she was a pioneer for that, was sending herself gifts and then the guys are like, oh, she's really wanted and talented and beautiful. Yeah. And you know what? She is. <laughs> well done to you, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> One thing I was reminded of Ooh. when we were looking through all our photos for the landscapes we posted from our breakups on Instagram mm-hmm. was that one time... Normal, healthy, normal girl, cool girl behavior. <laughs> I constructed an entire weekend away in Portsea that I did not go on. <laughs> I had been on a weekend to Portsea with my friends. Yeah. Not that weekend, but I decided for whatever reason... Suddenly I'm posting these stories. Yeah. <laughs> And no one knew except for Fiona that yeah. I wasn't on this trip because I didn't say who I was with. Yeah. I didn't post anything super specific. I just posted like a view from the drive <laughs> up of the water. I yep. posted like probably a couple other things that were really vague. And then I left it at that. Really powerful little posties, <laughs> but not too many because the other person's imagination is your ally. Yeah. It'll fill in the blanks. Yeah. 
And then it's not your fault if they fill them in wrong. Yeah. I just posted a picture of my bed unmade and slept in on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I didn't say I had a guy sleeping here last night. It was just part of my normal content and it happened to be on made on both sides. Mm. Or there's an overnight bag somewhere with a hoodie from a school I didn't go to. <laughs> Jesus. You know? Movie night and there are two glasses of wine or yeah. two coffees or whatever. And I was just feeling like two glasses of wine that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another important thing is that no one other than your closest allies mm-hmm. can know what you are doing. In real fairness, though, I came up with a lot more ideas than I followed through on because Mm. I made that video. I made a whole video of how to fake a relationship without actually lying. So anything that was in that video, I couldn't do. Yeah. Which I think, honestly, I did that to make sure that I didn't do those things. (laughs) Fair. But I remember I used to post heaps about hanging out with Will when we were just friends. Be like, yeah, me and my friend Will. Because we obviously had, like, really weird chemistry. Yeah, how, how, I can't imagine that eventuating into yeah, anything. <laughs> right? But just posting about my friend Will and how we were hanging out. That was a handy little tool to try and get other guys. Yeah. I'm sure he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so scheming for trying to get into a relationship for the first time and scheming to try and get someone back after a breakup. Very different. Very different beasts. But <laughs> there are some crossover tactics. Yes. I don't know which is easier. Probably probably scheming for the first time because there's less riding on it. Yeah, and also it's more fun. Like, that's the thing. Scheming is just fun. So when it is for a new person, you don't have that emotional investment. It's like, whatever, I'm just enjoying the ride. Whereas, but it's like, also a comfort when you're going through a horrific heartbreak and you definitely want them back to mm, feel like you have some control, control over something. Yeah. So is scheming a crutch? TBC. Stay tuned. Out of the categories that we named earlier, I don't know which one this fits into, but it's a topic that I touched on very briefly, and that is intentionally curating your own image on social media. Yeah. That's something that I think everybody does to some extent. Of course. But you can take it so far. But should you? Yes. (laughs) Imagine. There's that Mm -hmm. quote that is really irritating, which is, you have love, love. Why would that be irritating? That's one fucking mantra. Favorite I quote. shout that at myself in the mirror every morning for 40 minutes. Live, live, laugh, love. love. <laughs> Wouldn't be here if I hadn't. You have as many hours in the day yeah. as Beyonce. No shit. But she also has an enormous team of people mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff for her. Yeah. Beyonce is not doing her own PR. She's not managing her own schedule. Beyonce shows up and is Beyonce. That's her whole job. Yeah. My job is to be all of me <laughs> and my manager and my PR and my stylist. I've done great today. Yeah. You may not have Beyonce's team, but you can be your own Beyonce's team. <laughs> be your own entourage. It's pretty good. And I don't mean that in like, well, yes, in a hype way. Hype yourself up for sure, ladies, gents, and non-binary pals. <laughs> but your own PR. Yes. Think about from a normal perspective... If you were a product, yeah, how would you promote that product? What are the selling points of you? What's your target audience? How do you communicate your selling points to that target audience? Even if you don't have a brand, you know, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> when we were all in high school two or three years ago. <laughs> you know, when we were like, I can't wait to get my 10 year reunion email <laughs> in seven years or so. <laughs> yeah. When we were all in high school in the late 2010s. Yeah. 
when you're in school at the end of summer holidays every year i'm pretty sure most people have some sort of plan of like this is who i want to be this year every year i came in trying to i was like i'm gonna wear lip gloss this year Mm. never stop and then the head teacher was like take that the fuck off yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm gonna wear leggings under my skirt Mm. that's that's a relatable way everyone has a new form of themselves that they want to be whether it's the start of a new school year or starting a new job or if you're moving or whatever this is a way of communicating that new you to the world. Yeah. So think of yourself. Put on different hats. Literally, if you're having a real identity crisis, but figuratively, if you're me. I've or got... literally, if you just have a lot of hats. I don't have that many, so it wouldn't be that enjoyable for me. Just be like two beanies cycling around. Yeah. Imagine having that many hats. You could put them all on. Live your life. You could even use a different hat to be each member of your own squad. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. If you had that many hats, why wouldn't you? Use your craziest one for the stylist because she's cookie. Imagine you're your own PR. <laughs> Think, how am I going to promote this product? Mm-hmm. I can't help you because I don't know you. But yeah. if I were my own PR and I'm going to promote me, we're going to need to take some great photos of me. We're going to need to get examples of my work and the things that I'm that are great about me mm-hmm. that other people cannot replicate. And we're going to need to find a way to get these to other people. In terms of my actual business, we're going to need to find me interviews, outside opportunities, ways to promote me in a wider sense. As my own PR manager, it's my job to figure all that out. Yeah. As my own manager, I figure out on a day-to-day basis, what do I need to get done today? What do I need to do to progress? Life coach. (laughs) Wow. You always have to be your own life coach. Ain't by that, that the truth, sis? So you've got to seek out. Apart from you guys, who have us now? That's true. We can be your life coach. I can be your actual coach. Hit me up, but not as in like sports coach. Yeah, I must say. <laughs> I looked at her so confused. I was like, "What sport are you going to do?" I'll coach your softball team, your water polo team. <laughs> I made out with a bunch of water polo guys. I know it pretty well. <laughs> you figure out what does this dumb bitch need to learn? What does she need to fix in her life? And then you seek out the answers from actual professionals and apply that to yourself. Yeah. I don't remember where this started, guys. I really didn't take enough brain drugs today, but no. I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You you didn't even start that in any topic. You said, I don't know where this belongs, <laughs> but I'm going to talk for about half an hour. Uh, <laughs> Go for it, Maddie. TLDR. <laughs> My point is, just give me a second to figure out what the point is and I just come out. <laughs> In order to truly improve yourself to the fullest and put your best foot forward publicly, you need to remove yourself from the equation. So you can't be yeah. thinking, what am I going to do? How should I do this? It's an outsider's perspective. Yeah. You say, how am I going to promote Maddie McGowan? What's great about her? Who does mm-hmm. she need to reach? How are we going to do this? What's the best way for her to look? What does she need to do A, B, and C to get ready for this project? Yep. You need to take yourself outside yourself and act as though you are every member of a team that a super famous rich person would have. Yeah. That's suitably scheming. That's very suitably scheming. Fab times. So on the topic of social status slash non-romantic relationships, I'm just going to summarize this one with... <laughs> This is the hardest one for us to tread without seeming like mean people. Because we're not. <laughs> um, so this technique is one that I we came up with in around 2014 or 15. But it has served me pretty well throughout my life. And the main thing is, one, identifying the people that you like to surround yourself with. I'm not saying, like, be petty and be like, who's the most popular girl in school? No, you have like, to get... You- 
figure out who in your life is a radiator and who is a drain who makes you feel great after you hang out and who makes you feel just the worst exactly yeah and it's also about surrounding people yourself with people who are like-minded or who have similar goals there's that whole thing about you are the sum of your five closest friends yeah and so just surrounding yourself with people who are who, ambitious or who have the same values as you rather than hanging around people who are doing nothing with their lives because then yeah. you will feel like it's okay to do nothing with yours. Exactly. And setting boundaries when there are people, like there are sometimes, especially in much wider social situations where there's a lot of people and a lot of different personalities going around, there will a lot of the time be people that you just don't vibe with and you don't really care to have in your life. And it's not you being like, I think I'm better than them. It's just like, <laughs> often it's just like, this isn't my kind of vibe and I don't care to surround myself with it. Set your boundaries, but sometimes setting your boundaries, like it's not always socially acceptable to just go up to someone and be like, hey, I don't think we're a good match to hang out. In normal life, once you're out of structured education, it's pretty easy to choose who you hang out with. Yes. When you're in school, you're stuck with everyone. But after that, you you get to choose who you see for the mm -hmm. most part. One of the few situations in my adult life where I have found that I am being forced to hang out with people that I just do not have anything in common with and not in a good way. Some people you have nothing in common, but you can get along and it's fine. Yeah. But then other people, it's just like, I just, being around you sucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> One of the few situations in which that has happened is in terms of YouTube social circles. Yeah. And that's because YouTube is the weirdest. It is high school. Weirdest vibe. It's middle school all over again. Instead of it being based on who you get along with, who you're friends with, what value you have just as a person in terms of like, are you really nice? Are you really funny? Are you very exactly. smart? Do you do interesting things? It is based so highly, or at least it was for a really weird little pocket there. Yeah. On your subs. Yeah, on and your numbers. You know. It's based on numbers, based on what people can get from you. Mm -hmm. And if you know someone that they can get something from. Yeah. Like and the the way that people would treat either of us differently if they found out that we had like we were friends with a certain person, it would go from we both don't have millions of subscribers, so we are nothing and not worth talking to to oh, you know that person. Hi, I'm so sorry I didn't talk to you earlier. Like, it's a massive shift. It is bizarre. And a lot of people, this is a bit of a tangent, but an important one, I think, for context. Yes. A lot of people who we knew through YouTube in the UK, mm -hmm. a lot of them are great people who we would be friends with in normal life and we are friends with still. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them are people that just like, I would never, ever have come into contact with otherwise. Yeah. Ever. And they are people who don't have a life outside of the YouTube bubble. Yeah. This is a really important distinction. So if Fiona and I both had a lot of friends from like school or uni or just outside. Yeah. So we had that perspective of this is who I am as a person. This is how normal people treat each other. Yeah. Then we would go to an event or even like a house party of one of our friends. Yeah. We would walk in. It'd be great. We'd start talking to people. Then this certain kind of person would be like, oh, so how many, how, like, how many subs do you have? Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Which is so fucking weird. Like, we're at a house party. I'm drinking wine out of a wicked sippy cup. You're asking me how many subs I have, bro? <laughs> it doesn't matter, because the second you ask that question at a house party, I'll give a fuck. Yeah. But as soon as they find out you're not at whatever level that they feel like they can gain from you, they will blank you and just be so weird and rude. Yeah. But then they'll see us talking in the corner to someone who they see as of value. Oh, hello, friend. Yeah. Remember when we spoke earlier? Hey! Introduce me. Or people who will also not have the millions of subs, but then try and use other people to climb up as well. Yeah. That was a big thing. The people who 
show up everywhere and they've never been invited. It's just not our kind of people. Like, regardless of, like, this whole social climby, vanity metrics, whole side of things, that's obviously not, kind of, not our kind of people. Mm. But there's also just people who you meet and you're just like, that's not my person, I don't vibe. Or it's someone that's straight up, I'm not friends with you, why are you at my party? That's the oh thing. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's that's what we're... I think that's what we're trying to talk about here. Yeah. Because in any normal situation, if you're having a party or you're having birthday drinks, you choose who's coming. But because of how this social group was set up, yeah. there were certain people who, if they knew someone who was going to something, they would just show up. Yeah. And that is so bizarre. I cannot... And then even not even someone... say welcome home when it's your own welcome home drinks and pretend that they don't know who you are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I would never dream of showing up to something where I wasn't invited. We were having our welcome home drinks mm -hmm. and it was like a really big deal to us because we hadn't seen a lot of our friends in ages. Yeah. And there were a few people who asked, hey, is it okay if I bring this person? Yeah. And we, for the most part, were like, sure. Of course. You've asked. That's very polite. It's in a public place. Fab, bring them along. No problem. But there were a couple of people who we knew for a fact, based on their previous behavior, would just rock up. They showed up. They didn't ask. And they also didn't speak to us, didn't say welcome home at our welcome home drinks. They just showed up, talked yeah. to our friends in a corner, and were really fucking weird about it. Yeah. If they'd shown up and said, hey, thanks so much for having me welcome home, and then fucked off, It'd be I fine. wouldn't have really care. And that actually did happen. There were some people who I hadn't met before, and they came up that night, and I was like, cool, nice to meet you. And then we got brunch the next week. Yeah. I think our real problem is, is just people being rude. rude. Yeah. Anyway, all of this to say mm -hmm. is... <laughs> We have developed some pretty complicated maneuvers to be able to navigate social circles where you don't like everyone, but you can't be openly rude to everyone, but there are people in these social circles that you actively are actually interested in being friends with and maintaining yeah. a friendship or growing a friendship with that person. Um, so the only way that we could ever describe <laughs> okay. shit crabs. <laughs> This used to be like a full theory, but then yeah. at one point we just gave up on everyone and then moved countries. <laughs> so it stopped being relevant. Yeah. But the way that we would see ourselves was, <laughs> this is so fucking nuts. I can't believe we're sharing this. Imagine we are on a platform, hundred meters. I don't even know how far away, 50 meters away. There is another platform on that platform. Are the people that we are actually friends with. They're our friends. They just happen to be in the same group as people that... Ugh. The shit crabs. Yeah. So, we would imagine us on different platforms, and then there's a flying fox going between oh the God. platforms. <laughs> or and a, a zipline. Uh, yes. And underneath are all the shit crabs. Mm -hmm. And so what we had to do was try and get from where we were to the other side without being caught by shit crabs. And the thing is, maybe... You start talking to one shit crab, so your your foot's dropped down a little and a shit crab is grabbed on, but then you're way down. And before you know it, you could be down in the shit crabs, and then you're a shit crab. You give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Exactly. That's why one of them jumps on, and then another one could use them to climb up. They could mm -hmm. be pulling you down. Yeah. And so... Like a hideous barrel of monkey situation. Yeah. So this is just a way that we've had to scheme in friendship-wise, is understanding who we valued in our life and who we wanted to be surrounded with... And then how to spend time with them yes. without picking up the shit crabs. Yeah. 
Which sounds horrible, but honestly, are you surprised? <laughs> with these people, we're not saying that we're never going to speak to them because we're not fucking rude. No, if we were in a room with them, we would be polite. Yes. We would say, hey, how are you? What yes. are you up to? Great. No problem. Uh, but it is about kind of understanding how you can implement your own boundaries without causing a scene, without making it a whole issue, because there are going to be people in your life, like the shit crabs, who you don't want to be close with. And, and you also that's don't okay. want them showing up places where they're not invited. The boundary we were trying to set primarily was that we knew we wanted to be able to organize drinks with our friends or have a party or have like a birthday event yeah. and be able to know that the people we're inviting will be there and random people will not rock up. Yes. We needed to set the precedent that if Maddie or Fiona are throwing an event, if you're not invited, don't fucking come. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that in a normal social circle is just assumed yeah if someone i knew from school was having a party and i wasn't invited i wouldn't go even if it was in a public place i wouldn't go yeah or if i was having an event if someone's going to bring a plus one even if it's a close friend you just ask you ask yeah it's very normal but because these people didn't have that much of a normal social life before they were in this youtube group yeah so they never learned that just basic etiquette of you don't show up if you're not invited, mm -hmm. even if your friends are going. And if you really want to go somewhere, have someone ask if you can go. Yeah. They didn't learn that. And we didn't... I'm not going to fucking adapt my standards <laughs> for other people. Yeah. And I don't mean that in terms of I'm not going to talk to you. I mean, I'm of not course. going to adapt my standards of being able to choose who I spend my time with. Yeah. Or being able to invite people to a party and expect that only the people that I've invited yeah. will show up. Figuring out ways that you can set your boundaries without explicitly being able to sometimes mm -hmm. set your boundaries in certain situations. And this was born out of necessity. This is not something we ever had to implement in our lives oh before my God, we moved no. over there no. because all our friends here just understood basic etiquette. One of the most important parts of scheming is self-awareness. That I think True. is, is the key yeah. because yeah, you have to understand how your own brain works, but you also have to understand when you're crossing a line. Yeah. So for us, if we had been scheming to try and like bring down these people that we didn't really like that would have been crossing a line unless they'd done something specific to us yeah. <laughs> there are a couple people on our list but <laughs> that's another episode but these people hadn't really done anything bad to us we just needed to set a boundary that you don't show up if you're not invited yeah but if we had been like we're going to destroy these people and make everyone hate them yeah that's crossing a line yeah and that's a self-awareness that we needed to have yeah. i think in general it's all about ensuring that you're still living ethically with your schemes. If you couldn't explain what you're doing and why to someone without feeling like a dick, then you know, yeah, you probably, you shouldn't do it. You can get higher, but you don't need to bring other people down. If I do something shitty to someone else, it's gonna screw me over later. I do it because I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> Two kinds of people. <laughs> Personal brand scheming ties in with a lot of the other elements we've been talking about, yeah. like being your own PR and also just figuring out how to navigate social situations. Usually, personal brand, online content, the acquisition of various levels of fame mm -hmm. is a part of a bigger scheme. Rarely, if ever, is it the actual end goal. Yeah. Career. Everyone needs to scheme for a career. Yeah. In this day and age, sweetie pies, you have <laughs> to scheme if you want to have a We know career. that you are all boss babes out there. You want to earn money from home, stay home with your kids, retire your <laughs> husband, buy a lake buy house, lake house. work from your phone. Well then boy, do I have an opportunity for you. Imagine if we built this entire podcast 
to build up to an MLM. Like we joke about it now, but then like each episode we kind of drop things in. And, and you know what, Maddie? I love being on this podcast from home and it's spending time with the people in my life and having the freedom to do a podcast like this. I love that I don't have to say no to my kids and I love <laughs> my lake house. <laughs> anyway, that's our MLM pitch. Yes, um, MLM section. For an actual career thing though, we are both very passionate about our careers. Hmm. I... Like, Riley and I always joke that, like, I'm also in a relationship with my job because it will often, I don't want to say take priority, but the time split can speak for itself at times. Having a career that you are, one, passionate about, and two, is building towards something else is so important. I would say that the career is one of the most important things to scheme properly because realistically for most of us, we all have to make money in some way. Yeah. The ultimate goal is to make money in a way that doesn't suck. So yeah. in order to do that, you either need to be like an heiress or be very lucky or scheme up a career <laughs> that you actually enjoy. The important thing to do when scheming your career is to figure out what elements of your other interests can play into your career. Mm-hmm. And also how your career needs to fit into your overall life plan. You should not make your life plan around your job unless you're one of those people who has known they want to be a doctor forever or something like that. Yeah. So for both of us, we are in social media marketing, which is just scheming as a job. (laughs) It truly is fitting. We both used to do this in-house for like one company at a time or an agency. And we both realized independently that that wasn't what was going to make us happy. So then we had to scheme... How am I going to develop this current job into an overall career that fulfills me and works with the life that I want to have? Yeah. My actual business is literally called social scheming. Yeah. Which is a fantastic name. It is. Yeah. One thing about scheming a career is a lot of people think that careers have to unfold in a set way. Let me tell you, I was not qualified at all for my first career job whatsoever. And it would have taken me years to get that job in a normal situation had I gone down the normal route of like, I don't know, like a basic starter internship and then work my way up. Yeah. Whereas I put myself forward for a job that was a marketing manager. It was my first job. And not to like do a feminism, but there are literal statistics about how men will apply for jobs that they're not qualified qualified for. for and women will see one that they're like, 98% qualified for and not apply for it. And a lot of our listeners are women. We've looked at the stats. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, hey girls. Hey, boss babes. And this is just like a reminder to just apply for the thing. If you have enough of the skills and you know that you're capable of learning on the job, then go for it. An important part of forming your career Mm -hmm. is also identifying values that you want to live by yeah and this is an important one that I have tried to maintain my whole career even when I've been working in retail and stuff I mean obviously when you're starting out you're going to take any job you get but my main thing that I'm building towards is working with nonprofits, small businesses entrepreneurs and creatives because those are the people that I want to support and uplift and it's also about providing opportunities for people or providing my services for people who might not be able to afford massive agency fees elsewhere Mm -hmm. and that wasn't me being like I need to you know define my niche and all of that even though it does help with that but it's just finding your own values and how you want to live for others it might be that you really want a work-life balance or you want creative freedom within your job put yourself in the mindset of a mediocre white man (laughs) yeah because nothing will get you further than pretending you're a mediocre white man and thinking would he apply for this yeah yeah 
Absolutely. Would he end this email with like a question mark? Nah, don't put it in. Career is one of the areas where you need to be most aware of your ethics and your morals. Yep. I've said a billion times, I can think of so many ways I'd be rich if I didn't have morals. Yeah. I'm very motivated by money. I intend to have a lifestyle that is going to require me to make a lot of money in my life. Yeah. But that cannot be what is driving you. Yeah. And when there's money involved, it's not just money coming into you. It's money that other people are paying. So what's happening with a lot of people right now in the current climate is they're using fear tactics to prey on people who are suffering because of the pandemic to try and get them to give them money. Yeah. That's the prime example of you You could scheme a way to use a pandemic for your own financial advantage, yep. but you shouldn't. No. So you need to keep your ethics in check. There's nothing wrong with selling something that has value, but your not. entire game plan shouldn't be how much money can I get out of the individual? It should be how can I scale my business? Yeah. And how like, can I provide value and, you know, actually benefit the person that you're selling something to? Yeah. Covering your own ass is something that you should be putting a lot of energy into mm -hmm. and this comes into play in a few different ways setting your own personal boundaries is really important because if you don't do that people are going to push and push and push and push but also if you're in a working situation where you are either working with or working under someone who you know at some point is going to try and fuck you over you should be scheming how am i going to cover my own ass whether that's keeping receipts of things that you've suggested that they've told you not to do that would have been a good idea or whether it is keeping like full-on data of how well things you're doing are performing scheming can be like preventative and self-preservation yeah. based as much as it can be striving for something new my main tip for scheming in terms of career is figure out what you want your life to look like think about your own skills your own interests ideally find out where those overlap yeah and then figure out what career fits into that yeah and then come up with just a step-by-step -step plan. Yeah. And if that means that in five years time, you know you want to be working from home for yourself, start thinking about then what your business could be. Then text us, podcast, and we will let you know how you can build a career working from home. You will need to send us $600 for some smoothie sachets, but... If you don't have the money, we can front you guys. We'll get you onto the company credit card. It's no problem. You won't end up in mounds and mounds of debt. <laughs> Real talk, though, a big part of both of our businesses is... MLM. <laughs> <laughs> and I really do think what we have learned through doing this episode is we've got so much to say on each of these. Yeah. So let us know which of these areas you want us to expand on first. One thing that I think we should touch on to wrap up is... Oh, let's touch. <laughs> Come on, Maddie. Jeez. Touchy touch. You want me to touch you? Ew, do no, you don't. want that? Ew, no. No, we've never touched since 2014. <laughs> so we're not going to start now. No. Jesus. How to tell if what you're planning is a very good idea or a very bad idea. Ooh. Because they are almost identical concepts. <laughs> You'd think they'd be opposite ends of the spectrum, but they are neighbors. Spicy take. I've always said my whole life, my fear is not failure. My fear is mediocrity. So. Valid. We don't want to live there. No. Because failure, you can fail so hard at something. Like me in the second relationship we talked about last week. Great anecdote, right? Yep. But mediocrity... Honestly, they didn't make the podcast. <laughs> I've had a Ugh. lot of mediocrity in my dating life. And let me tell you, not good podcast material. Mm -mm. Very good idea. Very bad idea. Mm. That's as far as you got, isn't it? You're just like, here's the catch. Well, we said we'd riff on it. <laughs> okay. Expand. Bitch, this is your podcast too. Imagine <laughs> telling this idea to 
one of your friends who's crazy, one of your friends who's relatively normal. Mm -hmm. If the crazy friend would say, yeah, I think you should do it. Yeah. And the normal friend would be like, ugh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Then it's probably an okay idea. Uh-huh. But if the normal friend is just like, why would you do that? And the crazy friend is like, oh. <laughs> That's the choice. Like, oh. Then maybe really bad. Yeah. I think a way to tell if it's going to be a great scheme or an awful, awful idea is long-term impact. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll come up with an amazing little scheme and then you might realize if you think about it properly in a year's time, how does this play out? Yeah. Sometimes it ain't the best. For instance, if I were to make up an entire fake boyfriend, short term, I could pull that off so well. Yeah. But in a year's time when someone is asking me about this boyfriend and no one's ever seen him. Not going to play out so play well. Out well. <laughs> I think in a similar vein, thinking about what is the worst case fallout from this. And if the yeah. worst case fallout is just like you feel a bit bad because he doesn't love you bad. Yeah. That's okay. But if the worst case is like a bunch of people's lives get impacted negatively and your social status is completely exploded, maybe maybe don't do it. Yeah, maybe not the best one. Um, If it requires you to invest large amounts of money, don't do it. However, if that money is going into a plane ticket and you're on the line (laughs) of a lifetime, then sure. Yeah, I think think honestly the main one is longevity because Mm -hmm. if you look ahead... It's the same with, like, career. Sometimes taking a part-time job that you don't love might sound like a bad idea in the short term, but is great in the long term. If it feels off, it may be that subconsciously you're factoring in things that you haven't thought of on the surface because you're manic. Great. You love to see it. We do love to see it. Hopefully that's given you some sort of idea of what scheming is. We started recording this episode two hours ago, so we don't really remember. Yeah. But scheming. It's a way of life. It's a way to get shit done. Yeah. Let us know what specific schemes you want us to get into. Yeah, because we have a lot of insight. We were going to have a little chat this week. Were we? About, yeah, we were. What about? Eurovision. Oh, true. Yeah. At some point, we will have a full Eurovision episode. But yeah. we'll wait until you guys are a little bit more Stockholm syndrome for the podcast. This coming weekend, the 16th, was meant to be the Eurovision Grand Final. And if you know anything about myself and Fiona, you'll know we freaking live it's for the Eurovision. Best day of the year. It is the biggest day of the year for us. Our live tweeting of Eurovision is maybe the best in the whole world. I would say yes. Absolutely. Maybe the whole galaxy. <laughs> Take that, Mars Eurovision fans. <laughs> Please don't come for me. The competition has been cancelled this year because of the current situation. But the spirit of Eurovision will never be cancelled with us. Absolutely not. So we've planned our own event. We're putting together a playlist slash running order of our personal top Eurovision performances of the last decade. Yep. And we will be sharing that with you guys on social media. And yes, we know that we were bold to do it for the last decade, meaning that we are cutting off right before 2009's winning act Fairy Tale by By Alexander Alexander Ryback. But you know what? We've got to keep it concise. We really do. Much like this podcast. Much like this podcast. This quick 15-minute podcast bite. This (laughs) mini-sode. Sorry to keep you wanting more, guys. But (laughs) to be fair, I know you're all listening to this because I watched our drop-off stats for the last episode. And you guys, you love us so much. I can't believe that we invented fame. I've I've said it before (laughs) and I'll say it again. I'm gonna live forever. (laughs) I'm gonna learn how to fly. (laughs) Beautiful. Because last time we were too flustered to wrap up properly, we've written bullet points of things we need to remember Mm -hmm. to plug here. 
plug our own social media. Fiona, what's your social media? I'm at Neon Fiona on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. I am at Madzors with a zero on Twitter. I'm also at Madzors on YouTube. I will post again at some point, I promise. <laughs> and I'm uh, Maddie McGowan on Instagram. The Cabin Fever, Insta and Twitter are both at Hey Cabin Fever and our profiles are linked on there anyway. So that's fab. You'll love to see it. One exciting new thing that we do have to tell you guys about is we have made a companion playlist. <gasps> yes! To this podcast. So every single episode, we will be adding like roughly six I, songs. I'd say six. Let's lock it in at six. Yeah. That correspond to whatever we've talked about that week. We will be adding songs to this playlist before the episode goes up. So you may be able to have a little guess at what the next topic will be. Yeah. So hit that up. It is on Spotify. Just search cabin fever companion yeah playlist. that'll do it it's on there uh rate us on itunes yes review us on itunes we've been reading all of your reviews and we're obviously obsessed it's great you may notice that this week we did not have an advice poem and that's because we forgot to ask you for your submissions so <laughs> if you have a problem you need solved doesn't matter what kind of problem it is because we have an advice poem genre for everything yeah let us know. Either send us a DM on Instagram or on Twitter or just tweet at us, whatever. Yeah. Let us know what your problem is. We'll solve it through poem. You're welcome. Yeah. So that's it for this week. I hope you guys understand some of what we've said. Uh, mm -hmm. If you think you may be a shit crab, we're sorry, but thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for the views, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and to sign us out, I'm just going to hum. And I reckon you should harmonize. And then we go, we say Cabin Fever podcast in sing song. Mm. Ready? Is this punching me for the Jake Paul quote last week? Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hmm. What do you want me to do? You have to harmonize with it, and then when I do this little hand okay. symbol, you're right. we're gonna go Kevin so, Field podcast. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Wow, you changed that note right in the middle. Oh, I didn't mean to. Okay. Hmm. Flat. You're so flat. You don't even look good <laughs> while you're singing. Bye.